0: Have It All by Melissa Hogarty. I throw open the shower door and a blast of cold air shocks my skin. Instantly covered in goosebumps, I grab my towel and step out. Was a hot shower the best way to spend these minutes of free time? I wonder. While the water was running, my mind wandered in a way that seemed productive. Each drop felt like an idea seeping down into my brain. But as soon as I turned the nozzle off, the chaotic swirl of real life slammed into me as fast as the frigid air outside the shower. I could have been actually writing instead of just thinking about it. I could have been reading or, heck, even painting my nails. Taking a shower just feels so mundane. I never regret it exactly, but I have a hard time appreciating the minutes I must carve out to take care of my physical body. I often wonder if those minutes could have been better spent on something more glamorous. I quickly slide into jeans and a sweater, trying to hang on to the words floating around in my head, knowing that once I step outside my bedroom, I will not have time to type them out fully. Before I open the door, I unlock my phone and urgently mutter, limits, have it all, yes and no, into my notes app, hoping I will remember what I meant by these phrases when I reread them later. The first time I walked into a mops group, I was eight months pregnant with my first child. As an icebreaker, we drew a handful of M&Ms and then shared information about ourselves based on the colors in our pile. If you drew a yellow M&M, you said where you grew up. A green M&M was for your favorite place to go on a date. A blue M&M was for hobbies. Literally every other mom at my table declared her children were her hobby. I could not fathom this. I was excited to become a mother, but surely hobbies were things like crocheting and reading and Pilates. Humans are their own thing. People aren't hobbies. When it was my turn, I said my hobbies were cooking and reading, and I got a lot of knowing glances from the more experienced moms. Just you wait, they seemed to say. And it was true. I had no concept yet of how my life was about to change. My own mom tried to warn me. She told me that when my little brother came along, she accepted that she would not have personal time anymore. Her life had become about taking care of two kids, and little room was left for self-care or hobbies. I knew right away that this was a cautionary tale, that I could never survive without time to myself. More than I ever wanted to fit in or to be invited, I've longed for wide open spaces when I don't have to be anywhere or do what someone else wants." I crave quality alone time, most of all, miles and miles of it. I heard what my mom said, and distantly I comprehended I would have to make sacrifices when I became a mother. But I figured it would be different for me. After all, my mom worked a demanding full-time job. Of course it was hard for her to dig into her own projects or sit down and relax. Her whole day was already spoken for. My story would not be hers. I was staying home with my kids.' a decision which I'm amused to admit now I thought of as the easy way out. Are there going to be any friends today? My son asks in a hopeful voice as soon as I get downstairs. My eyes almost pop out of my head. I can't believe he is asking me this again. Last night and this morning, we discussed today being a boring, boring. We call it this because once in a fit of glee about having no urgent needs to herd my children out of the house, I made my baby daughter dance around while chanting boring, boring. For several minutes. Mommy needs boring days sometimes. I am an introvert and a homebody. If we have playdates three days in a row, like we did this week, I feel an incredible eagerness not to leave my house for a fortnight, you know, to recover. Today, I am looking forward to working on a craft, to cleaning up the kitchen, to being unburdened by expectations, as much as that's possible with three kids. But this morning, he cannot contain his extrovert desire to see friends. The more fun he has, the more fun he wants to have. His tank is never full. Did he learn that from me? My husband has accused me of playing a zero-sum game, meaning that everything I do to fill up my heart only takes me as far as neutral ground. I have a hard time feeling truly joyful. There's rarely any extra juice in my battery, no matter what I do or for how long. Since having kids, I often feel like there is no neutral. Saying yes to them means saying no to my own needs. Because I constantly feel I have very little personal space, (laughs) mom was right, I have gotten more and more possessive of it. It no longer counts as true time to myself if I spend it shaving my legs or washing my face or putting away laundry. It no longer counts if anyone speaks to me or shows their little face. My margin is slowly growing to overtake the whole page. I want to have it all. I am getting greedy. As a mom, I know God calls me to cherish the people he's given me, and yes, to sacrifice for them. He may have given me an insatiable desire to entertain myself, but he also gave me some lovely limitations. Three kids who need to be kept safe, taught, and shown their worth. Loving my children isn't something I can schedule in. It's not a hobby or an activity. It's a constant state. When I struggle because me time never feels long enough, I wonder if I have the wrong focus. What if the purpose of self-care isn't entertainment, but preparing to do my job wholeheartedly? I've been asking myself hard questions about how I use my alone time. Do I emerge feeling refreshed? Or do I become irritable when it ends? resentful of my family's pressing desires. Maybe self-care means letting go of my own expectations to have it all. Maybe when I get comfortable with good enough, my soul will be filled with joy.
1: Melissa, once again, a lovely piece. Thank you so much for sharing it. Thank you. Today, I'm hoping that you will share what is one of your personal strengths Or your secret mama superpower, which could be silly or serious.
0: (laughs) Well, my secret mother superpower is that I can find anything. Yeah. So I always know where everything is. I'm not really sure how. So that's why it's a superpower, I guess. It just (laughs) comes to me naturally. So yeah, that's my superpower.
1: That's awesome. (laughs) So do you have a
0: favorite household chore and a least favorite household chore? I think I may have only least favorite household chores. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, I really love tidying. I'm a pretty tidy person and I get an awful lot of joy out of putting things away and in their place and organizing things. Yeah. But I really, really hate doing the dishes, Mm. which is terrible because I make an awful lot of them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Maybe that's why I hate it. It's just constant
1: flow. Our house is very, very full of people and Mm -hmm. many dishes. And I will do some dishes every day for sure. But I've gotten to the point where I will... I'll have my kids do like a relay, like you go do ten dishes and then pass it to your brother and then they go do ten dishes. And what a brilliant idea! And then I feel like once I get in there, like most of the mess is gone, and I'm just like wiping down and just kind of correcting where they put things that weren't necessarily quite in the right spot
0: and stuff like that. (laughs) Oh, I love that.
1: That's how I'm gonna
0: keep that in my back pocket for when I might. Jake could maybe do it; he's seven, but I don't think that Caitlin could really manage that at four. But maybe in a year or two, we could try that. Yeah, we
1: did. actually move all of our like plates and cups uh, and bowls to a cupboard that's it's kind of like a long thin cupboard next to our fridge and it's mm-hmm. at like the kids can reach it so they can actually unload the dishwasher themselves without oh, my help oh, that's great at all which that's so great yeah it used to be in an overhead cupboard and they couldn't ever help yeah. me. so I was like we're going to just Make a weird, like put our stuff in a weird spot so that you can do it. <laughs> rearrange
0: more convenient. <laughs> yes, I love that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I would love to just hear from you a little bit more about this peaceful home series. We've been asking, uh, what are the things you do to find, create, or cultivate peace in your home?
0: I, to be totally honest, we've been struggling with that in our family a little bit lately., yeah. I think um you know how they say that three year olds are three teenagers. Mm-hmm. I have a four-nager. Mm-hmm. that doesn't sound like a thing <laughs> yeah. but she's she's um very sweetly willful mm-hmm. and so we've been kind of struggling with having peacefulness in our house lately because of that um but I think we do we spend a lot of time trying to remind her um of God's character mm-hmm. and um who God calls us to be. We pray a lot that she will draw close to God and that we would all draw close to God of course but mm-hmm. you know when you have one situation that seems to come to the forefront, you pray for it a little bit more, um, with more focus. So, mm, prayer, I guess is the best answer I have. And also we don't have it completely figured out for sure.
1: Well, most people who are listening to this podcast, uh, know that I have seven children Mm -hmm. (laughs) and five of them have already been through fours. (laughs) So (laughs) I understand exactly what you're saying. Yes. And uh, one of the things that we did, uh, I think was my third born, is about when he was three or four years old, that uh, they all used to sleep in the same room, and I would Mm -hmm. go and just monitor bedtime so that they would actually go to sleep, of course. And Mm -hmm. I would sit there, and I just decided one day, I feel like it was just inspiration from the Holy Spirit honestly, because I just decided we're just going to go through Proverbs. I'm going to open it up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what it says, and then I'm going to break it down and help you understand what it says. And so we were talking mm-hmm. a lot about what is wisdom and what is foolishness and just these ideas that you wouldn't normally just like spit out to your three-year-old, four-year-old. Right. Yeah. And I have to say, just having some language to talk about foolishness was really, really helpful uh-huh. and continues to be to this day. It's been years and years since then. But I think it's really good when we introduce our kids to terminology about the character of God or our own character or ways to describe different choices that we make um, because yeah, I love that. when they have a way to talk about that, uh, I think it we can be a little bit more successful getting through the rough patches. And, um, mm-hmm. and I also really love especially talking about foolishness because... It's, it's okay to say that was not a wise choice or that was a foolish choice. Yeah. And that doesn't really step over the line to that was a stupid choice. Shame, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yes. which language can be very powerful. So, um, Yeah. That's what what it made me think Uh, of. We've
0: been having a lot of talks about like how the kinds of words that we use with each other. And one of our encouragements that we've been giving each other lately is use kind words, use kind Mm -hmm. words. And my kids say it to each other, which is very Mm -hmm. sweet, but I will, I will look into reading Proverbs with them. I think that Jake, my my son would certainly enjoy that. I Um, think there's definitely
1: some that you have to really like really interpret for them because it's just yeah. kind of difficult language but at the same time the concepts well, you know we have yeah.
0: i was gonna say we have for jake um like a it's not an easy reader yeah. bible but it's like a, a younger reader bible and they've simplified a lot of the language in that so i might take a look at that and see yeah. what they've done with some of the more challenging passages and see if that might be easier for them to understand Which is a cool thing to have on hand. Wonderful.
1: Well Melissa, we so appreciate
0: your contributions to our community and
1: hope to continue connecting with you in the future and would love to give you a a minute or two to share any encouragement that you think would be beneficial for the moms who
0: tune in here. Um, well, you know, lately I've been thinking an awful lot about just persistence. Mm -hmm. And, um, one of the things that I feel like God has brought to me is that, um, it's okay to take a do over. Mm -hmm. So like in our season right now of just having a lot of sort of headbutting with willfulness and, and my own willfulness as well we've been taking a lot of do-overs and so i would just like to encourage everybody that if god places a conviction on your heart that what you said was not the most peaceful or graceful way you could have said that message that it's okay to take a do-over with your kids and they will appreciate seeing you come to them with a humble and contrite mm. heart just as you want them to learn to have a humble and contrite heart mm. um, so that's very wise. Be persistent in your in your pursuing of your kids' hearts, and be persistent in figuring out the ways to say things gracefully and peacefully yourselves. Mm. Thanks so much,
1: Melissa.